3 a.m. Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Good to have you with us. Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. We got a full crew today. This is exciting. We haven't done this since... Nope, I'm not sure we did it at all. I think we did it in week two. But let me take a look at... Um, again, I'll, I'll default to the way they're popping up on my computer screen. Up in uh, North Jersey, we got John. Hello. And Jack is in Atlanta, I think. Yep. Hi. Okay, good. I, I got one in the right. And in Frigid, I don't know. Is it cold? Alicia, welcome back, Alicia. Is it cold in Minnesota right now? Thanks, Bob. I'm glad to be back. Um, It's in the, the high 30s today. <laughs> oh, that's, kind of. That's cold. Yes. I was I was complaining this morning because it was in the low 50s. Burr. I'd, I'd get a long sleeve t-shirt out. Is that cold? All right. Hey. hey. <laughs> Philadelphia, Greg's here with us. Hey, hey, hey. Happy anniversary, Greg. Thank you. Greg, what, how many years today, buddy? Uh, eight years. Eight years. That's great. Happy anniversary to you and, and your wife, Meredith. And now that she's got the can of roach spray put down, <laughs> <laughs> Lexi's with us from New Orleans. Yeah, we had a little incident right whenever we got on the... Um on the Zencaster with the roach in my apartment. And anyway, I'm here. We're good. <laughs> it was very exciting. I, I pressed record. I don't know if it's going to make the final cut or not. That'll be up to our editor. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Well, it's good to have everybody with us. Uh, a couple weeks removed from Run Disney's first run. Uh, back First run back, first run of the season, first run back after the pandemic. And... We're at a point now, we're only, golly, we're only seven weeks away from Marathon Weekend. Seven weeks from tomorrow. We record on Tuesday nights. Seven weeks from tomorrow is the Expo. I think it's time to talk a little bit about Marathon Weekend training. Listeners know that most of us use the Galloway training method and the Galloway training plans, and I've looked them over, and I've done dopey personally i've done dopey the last two years that it went did not do it virtually last year but i did it in 19 and 20 so i know that we're getting into the really i think the really toughest part of the training schedule uh you've been at it since july it's you get a lot of miles building up and in a lot of the country the weather's getting nasty too so we got a couple weekends, big weekends coming up. I know this weekend on the training schedule is a seven miler. I love the fact that people who are doing this kind of training, I don't know, I don't know where you started, but if you're at a point where you look at it and go, oh good, only seven miles, then you're doing a good job. Okay. Your training is working well. If you can look at a schedule and go, oh boy, only seven, that's a good thing. Nevertheless, it's starting to get pretty big. And I know you got two rehearsal weekends coming up magic mile this weekend we talked i don't want to talk much more about magic miles we talked about them at length in week two but what i do want to talk about guys is how do you keep your motivation up and how do you keep going through what i think is the toughest part of whatever you're doing for marathon weekend i think this right now this next four or five weeks is the toughest part of it one thing that I do is I will put the metal picture on my phone as my background so I can open my phone and see it. And I have that motivation. So when I'm running with my phone, I can just look at it and go, that's my motivation. That's my goal. That's what keeps me going. Well, that helps. That's a good one. I really like just having a community to fall back on um, whenever the the runs get hard, or even if you have a bad run or you have a good run, 
it's nice to have someone to talk about it with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I usually use Jack whenever I'm I'm talking about it. Um, but uh, I think it's really awesome to just have, whether it be on Instagram or Facebook or other various groups, run clubs. Um, it's just nice to have someone who may, they may not be training for the same thing, but they understand. I know, Bob, you mentioned it to to me earlier before we started the podcast um, recording, but I do this a lot as well where I will watch races and be inspired by that. But while I'm running, especially, I like to, um, I don't know why, but I like to envision the finish line and envision that it's like only 100 meters mm-hmm. and that I'm about to cross it. That's how you what you want to talk about motivation to keep going and, and run faster. That's that's it. Jack, you're talking about going on YouTube and looking at recordings of old Disney runs, old videos. Yeah, there's some good stuff on there. Some uh, res runs. Gerald yeah, I love watching his. Uh, page is excellent. Mm-hmm. There, are, there, are other, there are other good ones also. Passport to Run is really awesome too. I understand. <laughs> I've heard that they're quite good. But I don't know if they have any Disney runs on theirs though. We have one. Okay, good. Yeah, for anybody listening who does not realize, um, Jack and I have a YouTube channel called Passport to Run. Um, you should go look it up. Yes, if you didn't recognize shameless self-promotion, there it was. Okay. <laughs> you got to plug it when you can, Bob. And, and don't worry, Lexi and Jack, I'll, I'll make sure in this week's show notes to uh, post a link to your YouTube channel so people can easily, easily access it. As, oh, as thank you. you. Should, as you should. Greg, well, you had something else you wanted to say, Greg. Yeah, uh, the, the one motivation factor that I have is – as someone who is running for a charity um, at Marathon Weekend, I like to think about the charity. So for me, I'm running on behalf. I mentioned this a couple of podcasts ago. I'm running on behalf of Give Kids the World, and you know, so to be able to think of the story, the purpose of the village, and knowing all the fundraising that I've done, what type of cause that's going to go towards, and the the magical memories that that's going to create for a family and, and families down the line, you know, th- that really helps me, especially, you know, when you're really, really, you know, dragging on in, in all of those miles. That can be powerful motivation. We're, we're going to talk about give kids the world uh, in, in a little bit here. They've got a big announcement coming up. Jack. Yeah. I was wondering, do you guys sometimes for motivation, do you guys look at your old medals and then look at the times of everything and then kind of just remember the memories. Or sometimes my Snapchat will like pop up memories from the races and I'll rewatch all of my videos on Snapchat. Yeah, I, I, that's a cool thing to do. Lexi? I think, you know, sometimes whenever it gets to the long runs and especially whenever it gets to cold weather, you kind of just have to force yourself sometimes. It comes down to, you know, the you signed up for the race and it's going to happen. So why not be prepared for it? You know, and it comes, you, you have that drive in, in that you did it the first time that you pressed register on that dopey challenge or marathon or whatever you're running, um, whether it's your first 5k or your 50th 5k. Um, you know, you, sometimes you go through seasons of life where you're just like, I don't want to, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. I I will share uh, before I did my first Disney run. Everybody goes through this. Everybody goes through the doldrums of the alarm clock goes off. And even though we're the rise and run podcast, there are times the alarm run, the alarm clock goes off and we want to be the rise and then go back to bed podcast. (laughs) You mean like uh, I did this morning? (laughs) Well, maybe, (laughs) but uh, I made a couple Facebook friends early on, real early on. And one of them is a fellow up in Canada named Boyd. I don't know if Boyd listens or not. I've I've met Boyd a couple times. He was one of those folks who was given a special trip to Disney with his family because he was not expected to survive the leukemia that he had. Well, not only has he survived, but he's run, I don't know how many events at Disney. He's run the Boston Marathon three or four times. But there would be times where I'd wake up in the morning thinking, I don't feel like it. And then I go, but I'll bet Boyd's getting up and running. And by God, if he can do it, I can do it too. 
One thing I was going to say in terms of motivation, but this also lends itself to the strategy too. And, and, and we've mentioned this on, on previous episodes as well as, you know, especially with these real long runs coming up, the one mindset that you always want to have is don't worry about the time. It's all about the distance. The distance is going to be the thing that is going to get you across that finish line. You know, so whether it's, okay, I need to take an extended walk break or I need to walk a couple of miles or I need to, you know, if you're doing Galloway, drop down that ratio a little bit. Mm -hmm. It, You know, it's one of those things where, you know, whatever is going to help you stay upright, happy and healthy, go with that and, and the rest will follow. You saw me take, you saw me making notes on that, didn't you, Greg? <laughs> it's exact. I was exactly, in fact, uh, Coach Twiggs this morning was talking about if you have to come back into your home and change clothes and rest for a few minutes, that's okay too. Um, I think, you know, this also in listening to your body and seeing what your body is saying about when your walk runs are needing to be, just overall during these next seven weeks, being aware of what your body is telling you. And, um, you know, your body's going to tell you if you need more fuel, your body's going to tell you if you need more rest. Um, and you know, it's, it's that mindset of just, okay, let me take a second, go down my body and see, okay, is everything feeling okay? Let's kind of do a little, little check-in and see, you know, what I need to do to be at my best in seven weeks. Well, like just also having an accountability partner, like Lexi and I have been accountability partners for probably as long as we've been uh, doing run Disney races together. Um, And sometimes I'll just like knock on her door. Are you awake? (laughs) Do you want to build a snowman (laughs) and then go run? Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) There and be like, hey, time to get up. My mom is my accountability person and I always will tell her like, okay, tomorrow I'm not going to want to get up, but you tell me to get <laughs> up and get out the door. Uh, but to go off Lexi's point of listening to your body, I'm a big advocate for that. And we've had a lot of people lately in the Facebook group that are like, oh, I had to walk my 45 minute run this week. And that's okay. If your body needs a little bit more rest and you're getting out there and getting those miles safely, that's okay to walk them. Or if you're on those really, really long runs and you have to walk some more, that's okay. You're still getting those miles in. It is absolutely okay. I mean, And you're still a runner. Absolutely. That is true. The long, the long runs on the schedule are there to be completed. It doesn't matter how long it takes. One of the questions that we get a lot on the Facebook groups about the training. There are two questions that pop up. Well, there are three. One's going to pop up here in another couple of weeks where somebody's going to say, gosh, I haven't started training yet. Is it still too late for me to start training for Dopey? Yeah. But <laughs> can you finish it? Maybe. You're not going to like it. But uh, the two serious questions we get are, The Galloway training program says I should walk on Friday or walk on Friday and Saturday. Uh, Do you walk? I will, I I will answer for myself. Yeah, I do. I do walk on those earlier runs. Do you have to? No, but I do. Uh, I don't know what y'all do on those. I walk. Um, When I did the dopey training and it said walk, I walked. I do a combination of walking or what is known in the um, the Galloway community of gwinning, which is a ratio of 30 seconds of a light run or jog and then two minutes of walking. I'll, I'll intersperse that in every once in a blue moon just because, you know, sure, it's a walk, but like, you know, this weekend I have a 10 mile walk. That's going to take a while. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's more mentally draining than the 23 miler that I'm going to do on Saturday. So, you know, it it helps, you know, break things up a little bit, but also helps save your legs on top of that as well. So, you know, there's a few strategies. But again, as we're all saying, 
There's absolutely zero shame whatsoever in walking all of the walks. And there's not a right way to do it. It's whatever your body needs. Correct. I'd go a step beyond there's no shame. It's, it's, that is part of the training. Um, the other question we get a lot is, and this hasn't come up yet, next week on the Galloway training schedule, the long run is 23 miles. And then three weeks after that, I think it's the week before Christmas, the weekend before Christmas, uh, the long run is 26 miles. And the question we get a lot, if I'm training for a marathon, do I have to do 26 in training? And again, the answer is it's on the schedule. Jeff knows what he's doing. It's highly recommended, but no, you don't have to. I, from personal experience in training for two dopies, I stopped those at 24. And I knew that when I finished that weekend, and I forget what it was, I think you had your 45-minute run on Thursday, and then I think it was 5, 10, and 26. And I did 5, 10, and 24. And when I finished, I felt like a million bucks because I knew, I knew that three weeks later I'd be able to finish that dopey run. So do you guys do 26 or do you stop short of that? Well, um, I know on my uh, Berlin Marathon, which I haven't done dopey yet, a 2023 well coming at you um but i know just because of injury and some various things that happened um i only made it up to 17 before my marathon which i did it but i i it it was not pleasant at the end <laughs> and i feel like if i had at least gotten to 20 then i would have felt completely and totally prepared. Um, and that's just what my body, I felt like I wanted to do. Could I do it at 17? I finished. But for me to be at the best of my ability, I feel like I needed to go to 20. When I did Dopey, um, I went to 25. Actually, so I've done four marathons and they were all for marathon weekend. And I, all of them, I went to 20, 25 between 23 and 25. And I always recommend to people, if you can get at least 20 to 23, I think that's like a sweet spot. Obviously, like Lexi said, you you can do it if you do, I would say like 17 or 18 or above, but having those extra miles, it's really going to help you, um, even if you're walking them, to get that stamina to get to the end. It'll help you enjoy the event more, yeah. So, I mean, running a dopey is like running an ultra, except you have to wake up really early every single morning. If anything as well, like, I know for me, I got to make sure I at least got to like 18 miles at least for my, if, if that's going to be my last long run at least. But what would also be great is that since you're basically doing a half marathon and then a marathon, you might as well have a practice doing long runs back to back. Say you run like maybe... I don't know, maybe like a 10 miler on Saturday and then Sunday you do like another like 16, 18. I know for when I was training for my Bryce Canyon Ultra, it was those kinds of weekends. And I mean, I, yeah, it was a 50 miler that I did, but the longest run that I had was about 34, 35 miles, which is based off of a schedule that I read off of a book who from a person who ever ran ultras all the time. So I feel like having that kind of same mentality would be good as well. My experience, I'll piggyback on Alicia's point. My experience is there's, there's kind of something magical. I don't know if that's the right word, but for the human body and endurance, 20 miles is kind of a magic number. For average runners such as we, if you're going to hit a wall, it's going to come at about 20, between 20 and 21. And training past that, I think you're going to find is very helpful. Even if it's only to 22, 23, 24, I love that, only 22 or 23. But uh, but I think getting past that magic number of 20, it'll help you. It, it helps you learn about your nutrition. It helps you learn about a lot of things, getting out there past that magic number. I agree with Bob. If you can go for those longer miles, your body's going to be so used to it and trying to get to those 26 miles is going to be so much easier. But if you're so a little bit further behind in your training, don't hurt yourself. 
uh, just make sure you do everything safely and try and schedule what you can when you can. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good point. I remember uh, Mandy made that point about Boston and we both were, we talked about Meg, Meb Kovlesky's book. I called it 21 marathons. That's not right. It's actually 26 marathons. Uh, highly recommended by the way, you can find that, that book. It's a great read, great motivational read for runners. John, you got something? Yeah. What I kind of do is I kind of break it down in halves or quarters. So if I'm say doing 10 miles, I'll break it down to two, five. I'll say I got to do five miles and I'm halfway there, or I'll just break it down in quarters. Okay. If I'm doing a, like say a half marathon, that's, it's about four, five Ks, you know, just kind of break. It's okay. Here's a five K. Here's a five K. Here's a five K. Okay. Just break it down to smaller numbers. I think sometimes mentally that helps you pass the time Mm -hmm. instead of saying, okay, let me go out and do 20 miles. You break it down into smaller chunks and say, okay, here, I got to do four or five mile runs. It just makes it easier on the mind sometimes. I also do that um, where I'll break it down. And if I'm really hurting, because one thing that I've learned over the years with running is you'll find these patches where your, your body's really hurting, but if you keep going, it a lot of times will get better as long as you're not injured, it will get better. So if I'm in one of those modes, sometimes I'll look at the light poles and go, okay, I'm going to run until that light pole. Okay. You did that, Alicia. Now you can go to the next light pole. Um, and that will help me. And even looking at nature really, really helps me. I'll be like, oh, look at that squirrel. Look at that bird. Um, trying to find things that I haven't seen before to try and get my mind to get off the fact of, oh, you're running this many miles. I'm actually the same way. So like I found, especially with the Chicago marathon, that when I broke things up into 10 Ks, life became so much easier because (laughs) then you make it into smaller chunks. And also what I do is I don't listen to music. I will listen to podcasts. So once I have one podcast done, I have like a little breather because I know it's an hour long. I'll be like, okay, then what do I want to listen to next? Boom, done. I'm good for another solid hour. And then I'll look at my mileage from there. So I base my run sometimes off of how many podcasts I want to listen to. <laughs> Very good. My mindset is just a little bit different because um, I do the countdown. Like whenever I get in there and um, the first five miles – I mean, all of the long, all of the half marathons I've done recently and with the marathon, the first five, I was totally fine. And so then I've got five miles done. I'm like, okay, I have two more miles and then I only have 20 more. And then, okay, I'm in the teens now. So I can, I can do teens. That's fine. I've done those before. And then, you know, I get to the half marathon. Oh, I only have a half marathon left. That's 13 go down. I am in the single digits of that's how many I have left. And I can do that. And that's how my brain works whenever I'm doing it. My brain doesn't work when I'm, Oh, never mind. My brain really works anyway. (laughs) Great. Greg, what you got? Going off of what, you know, Lexi was just saying in terms of, you know, breaking down and even to what John was alluding to before that, you know, those chunks, if you are doing the Galloway program, so what you could do is you could take those chunks and adapt your intervals. So like for, say for example, okay, you have 20 miles. Okay, the first let's say 5 miles, I'm just going to walk. And then the second 5 miles, I'm going to do a 15:30. And then the next 5, I'm going to do a 30:30. Or you could even do it in the pyramid, you know, work your way from a walk up to your max, you know, race pace interval and then work your way back down and break it up in that way. And I think that can also be a, a huge motivating factor as well. What do y'all listen to if you're out there for a long time or do you listen to anything? I'm a music girl. I can't listen to podcasts whenever I'm running. If I'm walking and doing a long walk, I love listening to podcasts. But um, when I'm running, I have to listen to music. And most of the time, I have to listen to music that has the same beats per minute as what I'm running because I'm a musician and I run to the beat because I'm a nerd. Um, (laughs) So all, and I tell you, I have everything on my running playlist from Broadway to I'll Make a Man Out of You to Christian worship music to 90s pop, like everything. (laughs) So I actually have 
two different running playlists when I'm actually um, wanting to listen to music. Now, I'll do both. I'll do podcasts and I'll do music as well. What I have is what I call my standard running playlist. I mean, and that ranges from it ranges from Michael Jackson to Fallout Boy to uh, I have Maynard Ferguson's "Gonna Fly Now" from Rocky because I have to have that yeah, for your representation in there. That'll get me uh, fired up. Yeah, exactly. Really um, I also randomly like Hamilton. the The cast recording of Hamilton is great to run to. Yes. Um, but conversely, though, then I also have a run Disney playlist and I'll use that for the actual run Disney runs or, you know, some of my training runs as I get closer to a run Disney race, uh, whether that's I know there's an album out there of, you know, like popular artists doing their renditions of Disney songs. Like I know there's one with like Ariadne Grande doing music from Hercules and stuff. Um, but if you go on, whether it's Spotify or Apple Music, you can also download the, I think it's like the Walt Disney World soundtrack. And that has some of the music from, you know, from the rides and, and shows and stuff like that. I know like you can do the, you know, Yoho from Pirates and the Haunted Mansion and the Tiki Room, um, you know, Carousel of Progress. So, you know, it, it's got some good gems on there. But even some of the newer music, I mean... I'm, you know, I, I wanted to bring life because I just discovered it the other week. Uh, I don't know his full name. I just only know him as Michael Does Disney on Instagram, and he just promoted two Spotify playlists that he made up of uh, music for a short run and a long run, and he recommends to listen to them from start to finish, not to shuffle. And he did a really great job. As I was starting to listen to these, he incorporated. Uh, the new magic is calling for the 50th anniversary. He's got uh, the the new song from Enchantment, "Happily Ever After," which, as the kids like to say, really slaps. And then he even incorporates, and and I'm digging this a, as well, is the new music from Harmonious. Um, Grant, I have not seen the the show live in person, but I can tell you. The music is really, really good for running. Um, so th- that's pretty cool. So, and and maybe we'll we'll try and figure out a way. Maybe we can put a link uh, in the show notes to those. Um, but yeah, so yeah, there, there's a whole gamut of music that that you can listen to. I mean, if you guys wanted to like listen to podcasts, I highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, first off, Rise and Run. I actually have run while listening to our podcast. I find it very intriguing. Um, but also the Diz Unplugged. If you guys haven't uh, listened to them, oh my gosh, I was listening to them during my run today. And it just makes me so happy because you're listening about everything that's going on in the parks or Disney Cruise Line or anything related to Disney. And it's like, oh, okay, you're kind of planning your trip while you're about to, you know, do your training for your run Disney races. So I, and they're so funny. They're so funny. And another good podcast is Disney parks podcast. They're really good too, but this unplugged and rise run. Oh yeah. Those are my top two favorites to listen to. I would recommend, um, and this is not a Disney, uh, podcast, but the marathon training Academy, I love their podcast because it is so informative, especially like as you're doing marathon trainings, they have um, experts that come and talk. And then they also have um, just people who have run various races around the um, the world and uh, do interviews. And it's just, it. I've learned a lot about marathon training from the Marathon Training Academy podcast. I kind of try to listen to some podcasts, but to really get myself motivated, on, a, on the long runs, it's got to be music. I mean, I, it's like sometimes like when I'm listening to the podcast, I like to rewind them and get back and say, what did he just say to kind of get that? And it just doesn't feel right on the uh, long runs. But uh, short runs, I can do a podcast. But on the long runs, it's got to be music. And it's got to be 80s music for me. I will say I don't listen to music as much anymore but i have found it where if i find a soundtrack to a movie that i really like 
like for me, there was one night that I just listened to a Star is Born soundtrack because I knew it was going to be about a 45 minute run. It fits so nice and perfect. I was like, yeah. And some of the songs were a little sad. So I was like, like oh my gosh, it's like watching the movie while I was running. So I, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I feel like listening to soundtracks is really good. So if you have a favorite movie and you just need to kind of give your mind a break, but then you're kind of thinking of the movie while you're running, it, your time flies by. Just saying. <laughs> I will say the one thing I would warn people of, though, and I have fallen victim to this many times, is whether it's any podcast or a Disney podcast, is avoid the ones that do food reviews. The yes! number of times I have listened to <laughs> a dining review by Lou Mangiello mm -hmm. on WDW radio because mm -hmm. he does such a fantastic job with those food review podcasts, but my God, by the end of them, I want to eat something at the boathouse or he just did one. I, I think I did it on my, my seven mile walk the other week. I was listening to his review of steakhouse 71 and you know, by mile three, I'm drooling in like trying to find like the closest gas station where I can go get a snack. So <laughs> while they're great podcasts, just just be really, really careful of those. Or save them till the end of your run so you can eat when you get home. Absolutely. <laughs> I had that happen to me before. I was like listening to something really good. And then I was like, it was some good restaurant review, something at Disney. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. And the only thing I had in my pocket was gummies. And I was like, man, but a steak sounds really good <laughs> too. <though." laughs> well, on WDW radio, you can pretty much count it. Sometime Lou's going to talk about food. So I'll, I'll wrap this part up. I'm a podcast guy. I could probably recommend several, but. WDW Radio, which is never said that way, by the way. It's always WDW Radio uh, is a good one. Tends to go tends to go long, so good for long runs. If you are a Galloway runner, Kevin Gwynn's Extra Mile podcast, Jeff Galloway edition, is must listen. He always talks with Jeff. He always, I say always, as far as I know, always talks with coach Chris Twiggs. And then he'll typically have uh, someone else on and usually has somebody on who's marketing some new item, but that's okay. Cause that can be interesting too. So that's a good one. And I've mentioned before, I like the, I, li I like the guys at the will run for podcast. I say, guys, there's, there's two men, two women don't know them. Hopefully I'll meet them at some point. But they seem like nice folks. I like listening to them. Their podcasts tend to run a little long, too. And if I don't cut it off here, ours is going to run a little long this week, too. I think uh, it, it's funny because before we began today, we we were talking a little bit. We weren't sure what we were going to do at the beginning of the show. Hey, folks, I think we figured it out. <laughs> Let us move on. I think I think it is time for the race report. All right, let's take a look at uh, let's take a look at who we had out last week. Our buddy Joe, we got to get Joe on the show sometime. We talked about that. Our buddy Joe, yes, yeah, he finished another virtual five k. I'm sure he did it near his home in Arkansas, the Gordy's Pumpkin Run. I saw some photos of that. Uh, we had a we had a nice run weekend here in St. Petersburg, Florida. We had great weather for it. It was cool by Florida standards, but excellent by running standards. My wife, Becky, and I both did the 5K. Beth, who I didn't meet, was there. I'm not sure what Beth ran. And Shannon was there. I was looking for Shannon. I told Shannon, look for the tall guy. I realized that's kind of dumb. I mean, I am a tall guy, but I am not the only tall guy. I'm easy to find if you know what I look like. <laughs> but if you've never... Anyway, I didn't see Shannon, but Shannon and I both ran what they call the Dolphin Double, which was the 5K and the half marathon. Really, really pretty course. Ran through, uh, ran past the uh, uh, Tropicana Field where the Tampa Bay Rays play baseball. Uh, ran through St. Petersburg, which is a really nice, nice artsy town. And I also met our buddy Julian. Uh, Julian's been with us in the Facebook page. For a long time, we've heard Julian a bunch, but this is the first I saw him. Uh, he, he walks up to me and says, hey, Bob, it's good to see you again. I haven't seen you for a while. I wasn't sure who it was. 
And then he says, I'm Julian. I say, Julian, I've never seen you. Oh, that's kind of an inside story. We have a Zoom meeting. Julian never turns his camera on. So that's why we don't know what he looks like. Uh, but that was the St. Pete Running Festival. There's one more I want to talk about. Our buddy Nick, and Nick lives in the UK. I think Nick lives in London. I'm not positive about that. But this is one you might want to look up online. Nick ran in the, the series is called Escape from Meriden, M-E-R-I-D-E-N. Meriden is a small city in the center part of England. It was once thought to be the geographic center of England. Uh, it's, it's, turns out it's not, it's close to it, but it's not. And the way they run this event, and they do a couple of them a year, is you start in Meriden at midnight and you go and you go in any direction and you can track them on a map. You can see a map of England. Runners go all, all directions, all compass points. They're spread out all over the map. And the goal is to get as far away from Meriden as you can in 24 hours. So I think Nick only went 15 hours, but there are, it doesn't matter how far you run. It's as the crow flies, how far away you get. So Nick ran almost 37 miles, 36 point something, very, very close to 37. But he he managed to get at least 30 miles away from Meriden. That's the first, that's the first uh, challenge. 30, there's a 30 mile challenge, a 60 mile challenge. And then some folks actually get a hundred miles away. And I know it's not unusual. I mean, I can't do it, but I know it's not unusual for people to run a hundred miles in 24 hours, but not like that. Not totally unstructured. There's no support. There are no aid stations. They tell you on the website, if you get hurt, you need to get somebody there to help you because they, they have an emergency locator on the tracker that they send you. But it's a, it's an interesting event. Escape from Meriden.co.uk. It's really kind of neat to look that up and, our buddy Nick did that one. Uh, next week, we got a couple folks running. Allie was going to come down here to the uh, Tampa area to run miles for Moffitt, but she's doing that as a virtual now. Moffitt's a major cancer center. So that's a uh, charitable run down here, a 5K. She's going to do it virtually up in New Hampshire. And Christina's running the Magic City Half Mile Half Marathon in Birmingham, Alabama. I'm not sure if that course is like the uh, Mercedes course, Mercedes half marathon and marathon, but Birmingham can get pretty hilly. So that's probably a challenging run. Enough of that. We've got somebody who will tell you more about wine and dine because Alicia was there and we want to give her a chance to tell you about her experiences much like I did last week. Alicia. Yeah. Hey, I it was good to see you there, girl. I hadn't seen you for darn near two years. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> but, but it was it was nice to see you down there. Go ahead. It's good to see you too. Yeah, I was very excited to be back. Um, we've talked about it in previous episodes, but I did the inaugural um, race for the two course challenge for wine and dine, so I was considered perfect status. So I made it a point to go down, even though um, I was anxious about running. Overall, I felt really good about the runs. I hadn't trained as well as I should have. So I was kind of sore um, after the half on Sunday. But overall, I felt really good and very, very excited to be back running at Run Disney. Uh, Yeah, that was the biggest part of it. I was... I was telling folks that there'd be people on the side and we'd pass them and they'd say something. And I would just say, we really missed you guys. Yeah. It was kind of fun because we do have our names on our bibs and at certain points there wasn't a lot of people around me and my bib was actually a different color for the perfect status. And they'd be like, go Alicia or go perfect runner. And that was really fun to have people acknowledge me. um, And it kept me going. Yeah, That's great. And then, the, uh, and then we got together at the uh, after party 
We did, yes. That was really fun to see people and get to talk about their race experiences. Um, and Bob, I saw you during the run. That was really fun to see you in Animal Kingdom. I was actually listening to our podcast oh. um, when I was entering Epcot and then er, entering Animal Kingdom, and I shut it off so I could enjoy the sights. And then right after I shut it off, I saw you and I was like, oh, that's so ironic <laughs> that I'm listening to you guys um, since I missed week three and was listening to you and I got to see see Bob. So that was fun. Cool. Alicia, would, would you say that there was anything in particular, uh, you know, maybe like a new change in terms of, you know, how Run Disney has adapted things that you really enjoyed, um, you know, that they, or that you hope sticks around for, for the future? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I did notice changes. I don't know if I love the changes I saw. One of the changes I saw was that they had moved the um, DJ at the before the race um, further down. So I hope that they bring the DJ or a second DJ back during marathon weekend that we can hear better. Because where I was in my corral, I couldn't hear them very well. But I did enjoy that they had the characters during the races because we didn't know if we were going to get to have those. Um, It was different because you couldn't get close to them. You had to stay a certain distance, but that was nice that, that they had that. I was glad to see that we had some normal normalcy of race interaction that way. Alicia, congrats, first of all, on your finishes. That's absolutely amazing. Thank you. Well, I had a quick question. So I'm very curious about the whole picture-taking thing. I know photo passes out and about, but if you were to see a character, are is photo pass the only people using their cameras and they won't t- use your phone to take a picture, or do you have to have another runner take a picture for you? So I stopped... I think only for two of the character stops and both of the ones that I stopped for, you either had to give your phone to um, a cast member that was standing there or another runner to take your picture. Um, They didn't have photo pass. The only photo pass that I saw was on the actual course. Um, But I'm not sure if that was the case at all of the locations since I didn't stop for most of them. No, it was just there were some photo pass people with characters, but it was hit and miss. Going back to the starts, I know uh, Bob gave us his opinion last week. What was your opinion on a new corral system that they had for the uh, waves or whatever they want to call them? Yeah, so the start corrals, um, I feel like they were pretty much the same as in past years. They just called them something different. But the way that they were set up, they were so wide that when they would have us go, so I was in S3, so it went to S4 for the 10K and the half marathon. And I was right at the front of my corral, um, right alongside of the corral gates. And they would move the corral gates that were in front of us and then they would put a piece of tape that said run disney however the corrals were so wide that when they would move us forward people were sneaking around and getting into s2 because the tape wasn't long enough so um and then it would narrow as you got to the actual start but i think that it went really well i think they went quickly and i like that aspect of it for the 10k i think i started at like 5:20 and the half marathon i started at like 5:25 so 20 minutes after the actual start which was way faster than past years Okay, so I'm very curious because it's so much fun to see everybody's costumes because people get super creative and I absolutely love it. And people plan months ahead to to decide what they're going to wear during the races. I was wondering what was the most interesting costume you saw or the best costume or most creative costume? Um, I saw a few Yzmas, um, which was really fun because I love Emperor's New Groove. Um, She's the villain and she was on the medal And then I saw some of the evil queen um, with like major feathers uh, on their shoulders, off their shoulders, which was really cool. 
but there was a lot of really cool costumes. There always is for Run Disney. Uh, I'm trying to think. Most people, because it was so cold. Did you dress up this year? I didn't. Um, I actually haven't dressed up since the first couple years that I did it. And then I just wore a tutu and a crown. Um, and then I had on a tank top that had Lady and the Tramp or I had some other one. So it was a themed, but not actually like dressed up, dressed up. <laughs> um, but since it was so cold, most people were wearing our long sleeve shirts that we got from Run Disney. Um, that's what I wore for the half marathon. And I mean, it worked out, but I don't think that was necessarily everybody's goal is to wear the same thing, but that's what it ended up being since it was cold and rainy for the 10K and for the half marathon, it was still quite cold. Uh, I was okay once I started running, but in the corrals, it was very cold. And that's coming from a Minnesota gal. So, <laughs> Yeah, Saturday was miserable. Alicia, any last thoughts that you wanted to share? I'm just so glad that I got to be there for the weekend um, and be back running in person, getting those medals. Um, I did a bunch of rituals over last year, and although I got the medals and I did the miles, it just wasn't the same as being back in person. So I'm very grateful. No, not at all. And um, I share exactly that sentiment. And it was great to see you. It was great to meet a couple other folks there. I well, you were with me. I met that young woman from uh, Instagram who we didn't know each other's names. But we knew each other's handles. That was kind of fun. Absolutely. I enjoyed that. And, and But uh, I'm looking forward to January because I know a whole lot more yes, folks. Yes, it will be, be good. There. there will be even more people and get to meet and talk with people. It's always good to see and meet people that you haven't met before in person. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the gals that came to our after party uh, meetup, we talked literally like every other week and never had met in oh, person. So that was, was that really Allie? Fun. Yeah, that oh, was that's Allie. funny because <laughs> I've seen Allie quite a lot. Yeah, I know you guys have met before, yeah. but her and I haven't actually met until the race weekend. Great so. story about running into Allie down here at a different race, but I will save it for another time. Well, that I think that wraps up the race before for this week. Before we leave, I wanted to mention a couple things. We talk about Give Kids the World uh, quite often on this podcast. They have the Give Kids the World Village Night of a Million Lights is going on down in Orlando now. Looks really neat. I've never been to it. Uh, it's open now until January 2nd from 5 to 10 o'clock at night. So if you're planning a trip down to Disney World, you may want to head over there. It really looks neat. I may get over there myself with my wife. Tickets uh, tickets range from $25 to $40 for adults, depending on what night you go, and from $15 to $20 for kids. You can go to gktw.org for more info. Greg, you want to talk about that for a minute? No, absolutely. From what I, I've never had the chance, I, I really hope to, want, you know, one of these holiday seasons to to get over there and check it out. What it has been described as is if you were a fan of the Osborne family uh, spectacle of dancing lights at Hollywood Studios, then this is the place that you need to go. I believe this was a fundraising idea that came out of the fact that when they started it last year, I believe the village was technically uh, still closed to families at the time. So they were trying to figure out a way to, you know, continue their fundraising efforts. And obviously they have a smash on their hands. I mean, it was, you know, it was very, very well attended. And I believe all of the village houses that the families stay in um, can be sponsored by various corporations. And then as a company, you can come out and decorate that particular village house. So I know a lot of the theme parks, whether it's Disney, Universal, SeaWorld, they all sponsor. I think Legoland has one. I saw something advertised that it's being billed as one of the best holiday events for you to attend in the greater Orlando area. So oh yeah, def yeah. So definitely go check it out if you're in the area or if you're vacationing at Disney or Universal and you're looking for something to do this holiday season. Go check it out. Yeah, I've, I've left some stuff off. They've got various special activities. I didn't. I, gktw.org more information there and then finally hey gang we're up to eight five-star ratings on apple Podcasts. 
I, now, like I said before we started recording, I think that's us six plus two others. And then you all jumped right in and said, no, it wasn't me. So it's so much. <laughs> and I want to, I want to uh, thank and single out Emily. Emily, you are our first. We have eight ratings, but we only have two reviews. Emily gave us our first review and Mark gave us our second. And I think we're going to see both Emily and Mark in January. I look forward to that. So thank you for that. We started this podcast and we continue it because it's fun for us. And that's our objective is to have fun. But we enjoy the fact that people are listening. And by dropping those reviews in there, you make us more visible to others who may be searching for a run Disney type podcast. So we thank you very much for that. And if you haven't done so already, drop in there. I really think that's about the only place there is a, uh, there is one other site. Uh, shucks. I don't, I don't remember what it is, but, but like Spotify and uh, Google, you can't leave reviews. Apple is the biggie. So we appreciate that. We get together as members of the Facebook groups, run Disney motivational team. RDMT first, first timers. timers. Yeah. The first timers group for dopey, goofy marathon. We get together on zoom every other Thursday. We'll be live on zoom this Thursday. I'll put the information in those two groups and I'll also put it on the uh, rise and run podcast, Facebook group page, just unstructured. We just hang around and, and chat for, as long as we feel like it, kind of like what we're doing here. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, you're welcome to join us. If you want to, if you want to put names to faces or faces to names, you can see us there on zoom on this Thursday night. And then every other Thursday gang, I've run out of ideas. Anything else you want to say before we call it a, uh, a show? I was just going to say, make sure you follow us on Instagram and if you have any questions of something you would like for us to discuss or our experiences doing something, um, make sure you send us a message on Instagram or drop us a comment on Facebook yeah, that's and let good. us know. Thank you for that. I, I meant to say that. I appreciate you reminding. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. what you said. That's good. Our Instagram is run, rise and run pod. Just a reminder. Okay, guys. That's going to do it. Until next week, happy running. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.